Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Half the Distance to the Goal. I'm your host, Marcus Bullock, here with my co-host, as always, Brett Galt. What's up, dude? What's up, man? I know you're feeling out of high right now after your big Braves win last night. Congratulations on that. I mean, you, you know, in, I mean, you've been them and the Suns. I, I don't know how you picked the Suns either, but you've been with them for as long as I've known you. So I can't call you a bandwagon or anything like that. That's the truth. Uh, last night was the highest of the highs. And, we, you know, we definitely have seen the lowest of the lows for about the last three seasons, you know, blowing 3-1 leads and just getting so close. So I couldn't get over the L.A. hump and we get over it this year. And, you know, we did it. Um, and for those of you that don't know, like Brett said, huge Braves fan. Like the Braves were the first professional sports team that I that I ever liked. Um, main reason is because when I started playing T-ball at like four or five years old, uh, my team was the Braves. And they were so good, like, in the late 90s, early 2000s. I always just stuck with them since. And, you know, the Braves are kind of the team of the South, too. Like, anywhere from, like, Georgia, South Carolina, North Carolina, even, like, Bama, like, some parts of Mississippi, like, they that's, that's Braves country. Yeah, yeah. I mean, definitely big congrats. I'm sure you were getting a lot of texts last night congratulating you. So, but um, on top of the Braves game, we also had another thing last night, which we will definitely be getting into. That's for sure, because I know we both have a lot of thoughts, and that's the uh, college football playoff. The teams, the top 25, the committee of, I think it's like 13 people, released mm -hmm. their top 25 last night as well. And there are some head scratchers, in my opinion, but we'll get that to a little bit. Do you want to go ahead and uh, replay last week's first before we segue into there? Yep, let's go ahead and hit it. And as you know, we're always presented by 910 Coastal Barbecue. Stay smoking. Smoking hot pick of the week. Connected last week. Georgia minus 14. Never a sweat. And Brett, I know you were on that side. So uh, it, it, it seems like you used to kick their butt, uh, like, whenever you guys disagree on yeah. picks. You guys agree. Well, they're they're money. just picking on my side now. And uh, hey, shout out to Joel. Sorry about that. Another tough loss. I, I had a nice long conversation with Joel. And honestly, I mean, we kind of talked about this earlier, but Dan Mullen does not seem like he just wants to be coaching anymore, in my opinion. So we'll we'll discuss that a little later on, maybe. But I don't know. Florida is not on the right trend right now. Yeah, they're definitely going downhill. And I think so not maybe me and you. So Joel missed his third season win total lock in the SEC. Uh, LSU, Alabama, and Florida have all missed for him. Um, and that was our first miss for the SEC win total locks. Their Florida's over-under was nine. We all thought that was pretty low or very, very obtainable. And as we've seen, uh, Vegas was right. Yeah, yeah, we did. I mean, and looking at Joel's – I was taking a look at these yesterday and going over with Joel. Looking at his, he's going to have a couple, couple more losses, I think, on there. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think about that. And, you know, we'll always get into that as we get more into the show and even in later week's episodes. But, yep, let's go ahead and recap. So, now when Coastal BBQ hit, if you heard it. Uh-oh. <laughs> if you haven't heard – um, if you haven't heard of the Nawano Coastal Barbecue, so they're basically a social media distributor for smoked meats. They smoke everything from carnitas to pulled pork, sausage, meatloaves, chicken, fish, like anything you want, any sort of food group. Even some desserts have been smoked. So go head over to their Instagram page, 910 Coastal BBQ. 
give them a follow. I was actually down in Wilmington this past weekend at the Beer Fest, and I stayed with um, a friend of the show, Chase Severino. He's a contributor to 910 Coastal BBQ, and he smoked carnitas. Dude, they were phenomenal on uh, corn tortillas. Awesome tacos. A little cilantro. I mean, I mean, we've talked about this many times, but just looking at their like their Instagram, I mean – there's nothing on there that doesn't look appetizing. I don't care what you like, what kind of meat you like. Everything on there looks just amazing and incredible. Even their their appetizers, their meals. And like you said, they even do some desserts. So definitely check out their Instagram page for sure. All right. And that brings Nalano Coastal Barbecue to five and five on the season. Started off a little slow, but they're getting it back. Um, they're look, looking to go positive in, in week 10 and overall for the season. So uh, stay tuned for that pick later in the show. And after our sponsor, leader in the clubhouse, was no other than Brett Galt. Three and three last week. Been riding the, the even and narrow way, but, you know, even's good some weeks because sometimes you come in first. Brett's hit were Michigan State plus four, Georgia minus 14, and Fresno State, Fresno State plus one. Very impressive win by Fresno State, and we'll get into that. And his three misses were Iowa State laying seven, Ole Miss catching three, and then Pitt laying nine against the Miami Hurricanes. Go ahead and uh, give us your recap of a couple of those games. I mean, West Virginia, that was a big win for us against Iowa State. Did not see that coming. We actually scored, we probably had our best, best offensive output of the year. Pitt, I – Man, I, I did not see that coming, honestly. I mean, good for Miami, back-to-back wins over both ranked teams, State, and then uh, Pitt back-to-back. So, I mean, I'll, I'll give them credit for that. And then that Michigan State-Michigan game was – that was probably one of the better Big Ten games I've seen in the last few years, honestly. I mean, that was back and forth. Michigan took, like, a 14-point lead. Then Michigan State came roaring back. And Kenneth Walker, the third, if you don't know about him yet, then – I mean, I, I don't know what to tell you because he's probably one of the best running backs in the nation right now. Yeah, Kenneth Walker the third. Know a little bit about him because he was playing on Tobacco Road uh, the last couple seasons, but uh, we, you know. which I had no clue about. Somebody said that he uh, played for, for for Wake Forest, and I was like, since when? Yeah, he, he was. He was this year. What'd you say? When did he transfer? This this season. This season. I mean, I, I never even heard of him that way before, which is kind of kind of mind-blowing, honestly. Yeah, and you always know, Wake's been a little bit more pass-heavy. Uh, yeah. Like, they Hartman, and, you know, they, they, they've had, like, very good quarterbacks. But, um, yeah, no, I mean, transfer pro, portal gobbled him up, and I'm glad he's having success wherever he is. He's a hell of a player. Uh, also, looking at your slate, I think I'm done with every team in the state of Iowa this year. I told you. I mean, I warned you about that. I mean, that was – I mean, they didn't even have a chance, honestly. They looked terrible. They did. And we'll get into that, too, here when we talk about the college football playoff rankings. All right, so let's keep it moving. So after Brett, three and three, leader in the clubhouse, I was next on the list, two and five. Definitely not one of my best weeks, but, you know, I'm still sitting positive overall for the season. My hits were Wake plus 17 against Duke, not – no sweat there. And then Wake Duke under 70 also hit. And as you guys know, I try to read games. I think that's the only game I read well. You know, I chose the over underside and the spread and everything else I missed. Oh, Ole Miss plus three, Oregon State minus one and a half. Louisville plus seven, good win for the NC State Wolfpack. 
like we just discussed, every team in Iowa, I'm out on. I might fade them. I'm not taking them the rest of the season. Uh, Iowa plus three was also a miss. And Mizzou Vandy under 63 and a half also missed. I will say almost on every other game, I was just about dead wrong. I think State backdoored a little bit. Although they were up by eight, Louisville kind of had a shot. They did. To like score a touchdown, miss a two point. Like NC State still win. They backdoor cover for me. That didn't happen. But the the Mizzou Vandy that that hit a sixty five, and I'm sitting there with a point and a hook and just couldn't get it done. I mean, that was a yeah. I mean, I don't know. There there was some there was some interest interesting games last week. I mean. Wisconsin, I mean, the Wisconsin Iowa just stands out the most. Like, if, just think about this. There was a couple of weeks ago, I was the number two in the nation in the AP Top 25. Yep. I mean, which is just crazy, but it's finally good to see them getting exposed a little bit. Yep. No, absolutely. In the Ole Miss Auburn game, I think we were really high on Ole Miss for their body of work this season. Yeah. But I think Ole Miss's injuries finally caught up to them, and we just didn't account for it, you know, like at Auburn. And, again, like we were giving Bo Nix his flowers. He has a lot better than we give him credit for. So um, that, that was just a bad bet. But, you know, 30, 37 and 31 on the season. Positive, Brett, you were 28 and 25 on the season positive. So we're doing our jobs. Some weeks better than others, but for the most part, syndicate is up. That's all we need to do. Our guest last week, Court. Reed and his ticket started off really good. Syracuse laying six. It hit. The orange looked pretty good. But then after that, the snowball of misses started. Court was one and four. His four misses were Michigan State and Michigan under 50 and a half. Uh, we discussed that game a little bit already. Kentucky minus one did not hit. Pitt against Miami. Them laying nine did not hit. And, of course, he took the, the Hawkeyes with me plus three and a half. Could not get it done. We thought that was one of the more obvious lines and. Just not a good week for court, but it goes to show Jaymont's been our guest best picker this year. So um, more shots to Jaymont. You are the leader in the clubhouse. Yep. 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 And actually, before we uh, get going and before we hop into the uh, the first uh, CFP rankings, I got a note for, for Jaymont, Mr. NFL. And those of you that don't know, after he was on, he shot me and Brett some some props to take. And I think all of them hit but one. Yeah. And that's, he was like four for five. So he's very good. So listen to this advice. So said any NFL look ahead lines for the show or props. He's still doing research, but first off, he said, look at Dallas minus nine. They've covered every game this year. He's rolling with them until they don't. So it's kind of like a Bama first half sort of play. Uh, so Dallas minus nine might be pretty good value for the show. And Dak Prescott may also be back this week. And the last one I asked him about was Green Bay, Kansas City, since, you know, Aaron Rodgers, his COVID COVID mishap, he's not playing this week. So he said Kansas City minus one for anyone that took it's great, but he's not a fan of the live movement. He's not a fan of the line movement. We don't know what Jordan Love can do, so he's personally staying away. So props to you that took KC minus one. Uh, You got a lot of value there. And then everyone look at Dallas minus nine. I love him. Yeah, I hope Dak is back because he's my quarterback in both leagues. So, <laughs> heard that. All right, Brett. Well, uh, go ahead and take us where you want to uh, down this road. Right. I mean, I think I think first and foremost we need to talk about what happened last night. I mean, I'm not gonna. I'll, I won't read the whole top 25, but I'll just give you the top 10, and then we can talk about the top 25. If that's cool with you. 
So number one, Georgia. I think that one's understandable. We knew they were going to be there. Actually, I'll go from the top. I'll go from 10. The 10 came in Notre Dame. I know you'll be talking about that a little later. Oh, yeah. Uh, number nine was Wake Forest, who undefeated Wake Forest, that is. Number eight, Oklahoma, undefeated Oklahoma. Number seven is one loss Michigan, who just lost to Michigan State this past weekend. Number six, Cincinnati, undefeated Cincinnati. Number five, Ohio State, who lost to Oregon. Number four, Oregon, who beat Ohio State at Ohio State. Undefeated Michigan State at number three. And then at number two is Bama. Rolled Tide, who has lost a game two at Texas A&M. So there's your top 10. I want to talk about the top 25 real quick. Uh, 22, Iowa. I don't really – 21, Wisconsin. What I mean, what what is this? Why is Wisconsin the top 25? Can you explain? Their wins are Eastern Michigan, Illinois, Army – Purdue and a terrible Iowa team that we also see is treading just terrible. I mean, I, I just don't get it. And then also Iowa, how is Iowa still in the top 25? It it doesn't make a lot of sense to me either when, and Kushner would be proud of me using this word, when you juxtapose these two polls beside each other, the CFP rankings and the AP top 25, like Wisconsin's not even in the AP top 25, but no. they show up number 21 in the playoff rankings. And likewise, I was actually 19 in the AP and they show up 22 in the, in the CFP poll. It's, it's not very consistent. And what stands out to me the most, we're talking about like 10 and down Mississippi state five and three. Yes. What, how are they in the top? I mean, they're in the top 20. I, I just I don't get it. Is so that- when you when you look at the Bulldogs, they beat a CFP ranked NC State team, they beat a CFP ranked Texas AM team, and they beat a CFP ranked Kentucky team. It in this and we'll get into this a little bit more, but the committee they're not consistent year to year. And that's why it's, that's why it's this committee. They get oh, yeah new people like every every so many years but nothing is it used to be your losses good losses but now it just seems like you're validated wins and i know we're about to jump up there on the rankings but to me cincinnati got the worst beat of this cincinnati beat a top 10 ranked team and can't even crack the top four and they don't have a loss that is insane i think I think Cincinnati at number six is it's basically telling Cincinnati, Hey, there's no, like, there's literally no chance for you getting in. I don't care if you go, if you went out the rest of the year, you're not getting in because now that game against SMU later on in the year, it's going to be a one loss SMU team. And SMU, as you can see, is not in the top 25. And then Houston, if they play them in the uh, championship, the AC, AAC championship or whatever, then I, I mean, even Houston's not undefeated right now. That, that's what I don't understand is how are or ranked. I mean, how, how are those two schools not in here? I mean, it just, I, I don't, I don't get it. And then, I mean, yeah, Cincinnati got screwed and they're basically telling Cincinnati, Hey, there's no chance for you getting in. And then 
and even though they beat a, a number 10 Notre Dame team right here at Notre Dame. And then I think the one thing that they got right in this is Oklahoma at number eight, because I think we can all agree that Oklahoma has been scraping by this whole year. I mean, absolutely the whole year. So I partially agree with the Oklahoma take. I'm going to go into my personal bias right here. Notre Dame should not be 10. I would put Oklahoma State and Baylor above Notre Dame. I, I don't I don't disagree with that. I mean, I think I mean I think you'd even put Wake Forest, I mean, up there. Because Notre Dame, I mean, who's Notre Dame's best win? And it, it, it no matter what, it's not good. So Oklahoma State played an Iowa State team when they were ranked very very high and they lost. And then Baylor lost to a high ranked Oklahoma State team. Yeah. Notre Dame has been skating by bad teams and they're ranked number 10 and have the same record. So is Notre Dame's best win, is it Wisconsin? Because even then that's not a good win. No, it, it's not, even though they're at number 21 in there. And I think, I think they're honestly in there as number 21 to make the big 10 look better, which is, which is just stupid. The one thing for Oklahoma though, at number eight, I think is Oklahoma has three tough three tough games going ahead, and that's Iowa State, Baylor, and Oklahoma State at the end of the year. And so Oklahoma State and Baylor are both 11 and 12. So you're going to get two quality wins right there if you win those out. But transitioning to Wake Forest, and this is, I mean, hypothetical scenario here. If Wake Forest goes undefeated, and let's say they win the ACC championship, there's a good chance Wake Forest doesn't make it in there. Yep, and, and that's, that's tragic. Here's my top ten, just based off, like, my personal opinion. Georgia's number one, no doubt. I would go Michigan State number two, Cincinnati number three, because losses matter. Yep. Going undefeated in a college football season, especially with COVID going on and, like, everything's unpredictable. Losses matter. And – that's that gets to my point where I said I'll partially agree with you. I would put Oklahoma number four. I would put Oklahoma number four, make them the last one in, and they have to run the table to stay in because as much as they've been skating by, you can't like rationalize putting them against a Cincinnati who's actually had good wins and a Michigan State team who's done better. Outside of number four, number five, I would have the Wake Forest Demon Deacons. Again, undefeated. I can see where you would put Oklahoma above them, but Wake can't be outside of the top six either way you put it. So after Wake five, I would go Bama six, Oregon seven, Ohio State eight, solely because Bama's the best one-loss team, Oregon beat Ohio State head up. That matters. And then nine and ten is Oklahoma State and Baylor. And they're going to play each other. So, I mean, one of them is going to I, stay. I, I, actually, I don't hate that, honestly. I, I I agree with you. Alabama, number two, I think is – it's it's ridiculous. I mean, honestly. I, I get Alabama probably is still top five or whatever. But at number two, I mean, you got to take that loss into consideration. And I think, really, they're just putting Alabama there because of their brand. I mean, and I, I was glad to see them put Oregon in there. Over Ohio State, because I think you have to take into consideration the head-to-head. But I also think that if both teams go undefeated the rest of the way, if Oregon wins out the rest of the way, Ohio State wins out the rest of the way, I think they're going to put Ohio State in over Oregon. I, I don't think there's a chance that they don't. 
which is stupid because Oregon has the head-to-head, and I think head-to-head should matter so much. Yeah, and, and again, they, like we said, the committee, they, they're only valuing – like wins for the most part. Yeah. And, uh, and even if you like say that and look up and down this chart, it's, I guess, quality wins is a better way to say it. Bama has quality wins, but I think Bama at two is a stretch. I think it's a big stretch. You got to put them on the outside looking in. And Bama's Bama, will they probably go through and win the SEC? I don't think anyone would be shocked if they do. But if Bama stays at number two and Georgia goes undefeated, I really think the CFP may have a hard time leaving a two-loss Bama team out based on the rankings as of now. Yeah, and I don't want to think about that because, unfortunately, I think you're right. I mean, I don't I don't know. I think – I mean, honestly, the Bama game at the end of the year against Auburn at Jordan Hare, the way Auburn's playing right now – and we'll see what they do at Texas A&M this weekend – but the way that Auburn is playing right now, the way Bo Nix is playing, this is probably the best Bo Nix has played his entire career there. I mean, that game is one to circle right there. <coughs> Excuse me. But, yeah, I, I, I don't know. I think – let me ask you this real quick. So, let's say Clemson had the same – like, let's say Clemson was in Wake Forest situation. They had the same schedule as Wake Forest – and they were undefeated. Would Clemson be higher up because of their brand? Of course, they'd be number two behind Georgia. Exactly, which is stupid, which is absolutely ridiculous. I mean, I'm not saying that Wake Forest deserves to be in the top four, and I I don't know if Wake Forest can win out, but you can't look ahead. You have to look at what we're seeing right now, and Wake Forest deserves to be ahead of – I think they deserve to be ahead of Michigan probably as well. Yeah, this is just becoming a more made-for-TV four-team playoff. And, again, the committee, they're setting it up to how they want it to fall at the end of the season and give themselves alibis to put specific teams in over other teams. And, again, like I said, I would have Wake number five because no losses matters. Like, they, they they just don't care. And we know damn well if Clemson had Wake's schedule was still undefeated, they'd be number two behind Georgia. And I, I agree. And I don't think that playoff expansion is was necessary because the BCS was fine. I never complained about it. I like the four-team playoff a little bit more than I thought that I would. But the committee has to get it right and not just make it for TV ratings if it's going to be effective. Like, I think eight teams is going to, like, saturate it a little bit because you have to deserve to be one of the four. Yeah. I I, I just think it's it's, it's wrong. It's very wrong in this this first poll. At the end of the day, I think at the end of this year, I think there's going to be a couple of teams that are left out that probably deserve to be. And I I think it's inevitable that later down the road, I don't know when it's going to be, but I think they're going to expand it to 12 or eight. I mean, I, I think it's it's going to happen. I don't see any way it doesn't happen. And it's also because of money. The more games you put in, the more money you're going to get. And yep. that's what's going to happen. I agree. They're, they're going to do it for money. Um, and maybe that'll base it off merit a little bit more. But, I mean, who knows? Honestly, if they expanded to eight, I wouldn't be shocked if they did not make a rule for a non-Power 5 team to get an automatic bid. I wouldn't be shocked. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, 
the slander of Cincinnati is doing exactly what you told them to do. And it's not their fault that Indiana did not end up being good this year because that was on their schedule as well. They went to Indiana, beat Indiana, and that was a top 20 preseason Indiana team that they took care of. That's not their fault that Indiana was that great. And then they went at Notre Dame. In a Notre Dame team, that that's the only loss. And, yeah, Notre Dame hasn't looked great. They're squeaking by other teams. But, hey, they still have one loss, and that loss was to Cincinnati. So, it's it's kind of sucks for <coughs> – it kind of sucks for Cincinnati because I feel like they just – they're basically told, hey, you have no choice. You have no chance to get in, no matter if you go undefeated the rest of the year. Yeah. Yep. It's sad. They're, they're not getting in. It doesn't – I mean, like we say, chaos, this year's been nothing but chaos in these last couple weeks – they need chaos to happen if they're getting in. And I mean, that means Ohio State loses again, Oregon loses again. Because I think Oklahoma, they're, they're going to, the committee, if Oklahoma runs a table, they will allow Oklahoma to jump Cincinnati. Yeah, they need, they yeah. need two losses to go their way. Yeah, I mean, like you said, they need Oregon to lose again. They need Ohio State to lose again. Like you said, they need Oklahoma to go ahead and lose so that they don't have them in the rearview mirror. Because I don't, I don't, I don't know if a one less Oklahoma team would get in. Just the way that Oklahoma's played right now. I mean, I guess maybe the ones against Baylor and Oklahoma State later on would matter, but I, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, they need a lot of chaos to happen to even have a chance. And even if all that happens, they'll still probably make up a, an excuse to not put Cincinnati in. So if all the chaos happens and Cincinnati doesn't get in, it's because Notre Dame wins the last four games. And Notre Dame with the one loss, the committee will put them in there before Cincinnati. And if uh, Notre Dame's at number four, they're going to get slaughtered by Georgia. Like they always do. I mean, I think at this point – if Georgia – so if Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship, if both those teams went out and get there and Alabama beats them, I think Georgia and Alabama are all automatically – do you agree with that? Yes. So that's already two teams. So then you have two spots left over, and that's going to come down to Ohio State or Oregon. I think I still think if Ohio State and Oregon both went out, I still think Ohio State is going to get the nod over Oregon. And I think it's part of it because of – TV revenue. That's really what it is. So, yeah, I I just couldn't believe some of the things that they put out yesterday, and I was just like, it's not really a surprise, though. It really isn't. They've been doing this for years. Yeah. If Notre Dame gets in at number four, I'm going to lose my mind. Yeah. Well, don't – I wouldn't be surprised. It's The thing for Notre Dame is is the rest of their schedule, they don't really play anybody. I mean, all – I think all, 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 toughest game. Yeah. All the name brand scores that schools that were supposed to be decent this year, like USC and UNC, those teams have we've seen what those teams are doing. And no offense, but even Virginia Tech. So yeah. Yeah, seen that. All right. Um, so there's our CFP recap. If you have specific comments or thoughts about this, go ahead, shoot us a text on this. Maybe we'll talk about it next week um, after the next rankings come out and see if it comes to fruition or uh, leave a comment. We'd love to know what our listeners think. All right, you ready to hop into week 10? I can't believe we're already in week 10. Isn't that crazy? Yeah, it, it, it went by quick. It went by quick. It did. It really did. 
How many plays you got? Seven. Seven for me. I got five. All right, so uh, go ahead. You have honors on the tee box, and then I'll give two, and we'll even it out uh, here down the road. So it's kind of funny that we're just talking about the whole Wake slander and everything like that, but Wake is traveling to Chapel Hill this weekend to take on UNC. Uh, Wake is actually dog in this game by two and a half. The thing about Wake being undefeated is they're going to get everybody's best shot the rest of the year because – I mean, the ACC is down as a total. So Wake is really the only team in the ACC that's even recognizable right now. I mean, so they're going to get everybody's best shot. And their offense has been tremendous. We know that. Hartman's been playing out of his mind. But their defense is getting absolutely scorched as well. So I'm actually taking UNC two and a half, minus two and a half to cover against Wake Forest and give – the Demon Deacons, their first loss of the year. All right. I hate the play because the best number I could find is Wake plus three, and that's who I'm on. I hope the Tar Heels get their teeth kicked in. Wake, I think Wake, it, and again, as much as I want them to do well, I think they're going to have a spot game later on in the season. I think it's more likely to be NC State or Clemson. I don't think it's more likely to be Chapel Hill. So give me the Deacons, all the points I can get. I'm going to go against Brett right there and take the Demon Deeks. I mean, trust me, I, I want that. I, I love what Dave Clawson is doing. I just – this game feels like a trap game. And I, I I mean, I guess the rest of the year you can say all their games are trap games, honestly. No offense to State, but State never plays them well anyway. I think it's the one game that would be scary would be at Clemson later on to the season, which they might even be – they'd probably be a dog in that game too, but – We'll see. All right. Well, I don't wish you luck there. We're on separate sides. Uh, I'll go again. I'm going to take us to another spot game. We briefly talked about this. Michigan State has been a great season. You have a spot game. It might be Ohio State. You being an underdog against Purdue scares me, but I'm going to lay the points. I'm going to lay three for Sparty. They're just flat out better. I think they're a more physical team than Purdue. That that when that Purdue got that we thought was a little fraudulent, it was against uh, Iowa. Yeah, when when Purdue took down Iowa, we're a little bit bigger on them now. But after seeing that that showing against Wisconsin, I'm not there. Uh, they put up thir- 13 points. I think Michigan State can score about 30 in their sleep. So I, I think it's going to be too much offense. Give me Sparty, number three in the country, going into Purdue, laying three. I think that number should be more around a touchdown, like seven to eight points. Yeah. So if I can get four points in value, let's ride. Yeah, I was looking at that one. That one just – that one scares me a little bit. I don't mm-hmm. know why it is. It just – I mean, it's the same thing with Wake. Michigan State is going to get everybody's best game the rest of the year. I mean, it's just how it's going to be. So, I don't hate it, though. I mean, on paper, they should definitely beat them, especially the way they're playing. But I don't know. It's, just, it's another trap game for me. Yeah, the um, the only thing that doesn't scare me about this is they have Maryland next week, so I don't think it's a look-ahead to Ohio State kind of moment. And yeah. Noel Tucker's done a great job there. Like, yes. Noel Tucker has been awesome. 
And he's in consideration for other jobs now. I mean, he's been mentioned for the LSU job too. So, yeah. So uh, that's that's my play. Uh, Michigan my, or Michigan State minus three. All right, go ahead, take us somewhere, Brett. All right. So I know I've been fading West Virginia the last two months or two weeks, and it's kind of bit me in the butt. But this we it's in Oregon Town again. And we're playing Okie State. Okie State team that is coming in. I mean, they're hot. They're red hot. They're what, 11th right now in the rankings? Seven and one, number 11. Live CPF playoffs in their side, potentially, if they win out the rest of the year. So I like I like Okie State to cover the three and a half here. I just they, – they probably have the best defense in the Big 12 right now. And though West Virginia's offense has been playing well the last two weeks – I still don't know if we'll be able to score with him. So I like Okie State to cover here. I like the play. I feel like Wisconsin – or not Wisconsin, West Virginia. They saw, like the whole Mountaineers team is listening to the just, – just hearing Brett get out their neck, get out their neck. They're going to prove him wrong. Like he'll jump back yeah, on the other I mean, side. I keep doing it. I'll, I'll keep on fading him the rest of the year if this gives us wins. Yeah, well, two outright wins uh, back-to-back. Um, I agree. I would lean Oklahoma State. I'm staying away here, but I'm rooting for you. Rooting for you in this spot. West Virginia is a tough place to play. Yeah, last week we didn't really I, – I don't know how many. It was probably like 70% filled maybe. It was an ugly day, though. It was like raining and like 50 degrees. So I probably wouldn't have gone either, but – a lot of those students might have been hung over after a Halloween week. Oh, yeah. The students really don't. Sometimes the students don't even show up, which is kind of disappointing. Yeah, it's, it's everyone else from the backwoods that rolls in. Yeah, it really is. <laughs> <laughs> I bet at that tailgate, there's enough moonshine to kill a whole herd of elephants. There probably is. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a ton of people tailgating. I'll give you that. Yeah, but speaking of moonshine at tailgates, don't uh, don't overlook the NC State tailgates. If you know the spots to go to, uh, somebody always has a nice jar, uh, clear flavored, usually usually whatever you want. Okay, let's 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 do a service academy game. All right, you you know the play, Air Force Army under thirty seven. I'm not scared. Earlier earlier in the season, there was a service academy game, and it was around the 40s, and I said I was a little hesitant to take it there, and it was not a sweat like it hit in every service academy game. Under, take it. Clock's going to run. Not a lot of explosive plays. You just got to hope for good tackling. That's all you got to do, and go ahead, crack a cold one, and just watch that thing coast to an under. So Air Force Army under 37. Is my next play, and I'll give one more, and then I think we'll be about deadlocked. Yep. Give me – oh, man. Where do I want to go here? Let's go back. I kind of want to take this game off of my card, but I felt really good about it. I'm not going to get cold feet. Auburn's going in to College Station – as a four-and-a-half-point underdog. Oof, you're ballsy for taking this game. This is one game I would stay the hell away from. This is going to be fun, though. Number 13 versus it number is. 14. 
Um, it's going to be a tight game, tight sweat. Four and a half, Auburn's the underdog. War Eagle, let's ride. You on the Bonex bandwagon now? Not, not on the bandwagon, but looking at this game, four and a half points, it's a little tight. The over-under in Vegas is 49, 50-ish. So I kind of see both teams getting around 20 to 24, maybe final score. Yeah. In that four and a half, Auburn can be like winning outright or on the money line with the hook. That's a win. So, uh, War Dame Eagle, let's ride. Charles Barkley and the boys, let's go. Auburn. All right. I'm going to uh, Texas. Baylor is a six and a half point favorite at TCU. And I, I can't, I don't really get how this isn't higher. I mean, TCU, I've witnessed it firsthand when I watched West Virginia beat them. They're just not good. And they just fired their head coach, Gary Patterson. Yeah. yeah. So a guy that has been there for 20 years. They just basically told him, hey, time to go. So this is a Baylor team that has good defense, solid offense, been playing well, but hand is playing well. So I like Baylor in the spot right here to cover the six and a half. And honestly, I would take them if it was up to 10. Brett, you're a smart man because I'm on it with you. That was one of my plays this week. Uh, again, like you said, you really don't know where this Texas – or excuse me, this Texas this Texas Christian team is going to be at in a mental capacity, long-time head coach gone, and really a guy that's really been one of the better guys in college football, literally with them, like when they were at the bottom and, you know, brought them to relevance. Yeah. So um, I think them losing him is going to be a little bit of guidance that's missed. And Dave Aranda has his team playing well. Uh, Baylor deserve why you need to be number 12. Go up there in those rankings. And uh, let's do it. I'm with you, Brett. Baylor laying six and a half. It's, it's crazy what Dave Aranda has done there, honestly. I mean, he's he's been in talks, too. for Like, he's been in about the LSU job as well. As you know, he was the defensive coordinator there during our national championship. Definitely – Definitely playing good right now. Uh, how many plays you got left? I got two. I have two as well. All right, I'll, I'll lead us off. Um, it was a good bounce back win for the Wolfpack last week. They're traveling to Florida State, Tallahassee, Florida to take on the Seminoles. And I, I just don't like them in this position, honestly. I do not like them in this position. They're favored by two and a half. Listen to that FSU team that is actually playing pretty decent ball right now. I mean, they went toe-to-toe with Clemson last weekend. And I know Clemson is not the Clemson, but still going in there to Death Valley and going hand-to-hand with Clemson, I still feel is a pretty good deal. So I like the way they're playing right now. And I still don't know about NC State. The injuries still scare me. I mean, so I like FSU to cover two and a half here against NC State. I like your mental thought there. I would also, if I had to lean, I'd probably be on Florida State too. NC State Florida State games are always nuts. They are. They really are. And I just – I feel like NC State's not really a great road team either. I mean, we saw that against Miami too. I just yeah. – it's not very kind to them. And this Florida State team, for as bad as they were in the beginning, yeah. just looking terrible. Like Jackson State, they've actually come a long way. They probably should have beat Clemson 
They did. I mean, they were right there. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Florida State. I mean, listen to this. In, if they beat NC State, then they have Miami, BC, Florida. That's two NC State or two NC State teams for them that they have that they have to get fired up to beat. Uh, Florida State, Florida is also very good. And yeah, if Florida State runs three off in a row, no. Florida might be in trouble. And I think Joel will definitely go off the radar well, for. That that's actually one thing I asked him about last night when I was talking to him. I was like, at the a few weeks ago, we would have laughed at this, but I was like, now, I was like, Florida State is playing well. Florida is going downhill. I was like, you getting a little worried about this game? He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm getting a little worried about it. I mean, it's definitely, definitely a game that's probably going to be a good game at this point. I yeah, mean, if you're being honest. Which if you, if you lose to Florida State. I mean, shoot, Dan Mullen might just say screw it at that point. I mean, he really might. Did you see his thing about the about him talking about recruiting or whatever? Yeah, after the season. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and then you have Kirby Smart talking about it, like, yeah, we gotta, we know we gotta recruit the best guys. Like, we're gonna put all hands on deck for recruiting or whatever. I mean, if you're recruiting, you see that. I mean, I just, I don't get it. I, I think if there's something we don't know, and he's, he might be already on his way out soon. Yeah, that statement doesn't help. It doesn't help your fan base feel more comfortable about your our travel Georgia out recruiting you like hell. Yeah, it doesn't help the recruits that you're recruiting. We'll do that in the off. You know, like what what good comes out of that statement, Dan Mullen? I, I don't know. It's a stupid statement, and just he's just so rude to the reporter too. I mean, it was a legit question, and obviously, it told us a lot. Yeah, it, it did tell us a lot about where he is right now. So uh, Florida better ring him off. Um, I, yeah, good. Don't really want to wish you. I hope NC State wins by one. How about that? Yeah, that's fine. They they can just get just don't cover but win. I, I think that'll be actually one of the better ACC games of the week. Uh, quite frankly, so uh, definitely be tuning in for that. Uh, my next play is a weekly, and I apologize if you were listening last week. Uh, Bama was actually off. So it's just that automatic to where it's on the card no matter what. It's one of the first things I jot down. Unfortunately, they did not play. But um, Eddie O's going into Tuscaloosa for his last trip there ever. Uh, the line's not out yet. Bama's a 28-and-a-half-point favorite. Guessing it's going to be around the 14-15 line. I think Bama's going to put it on the 7 p.m. night game in Tuscaloosa. Give me Bama first half wherever it's at. You know, we'll tell you what it is next week. When it comes out on your book, take it as soon as you can. Isn't it crazy that I feel like every year it always comes down to Alabama and LSU, and now this game is just irrelevant this year. It really yeah, is. It's, it's very upsetting that this game doesn't hold weight this year. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it really is. and I mean, I, the 28 and a half I think is honestly spot on. I mean, I think they're going to get destroyed. I really do. Yeah, they could lose by 40. I, I agree. I mean, and they, they very my well. So, yeah. Oof. Poor Ed. <laughs> all right, we each have one more. Yeah, all right. My last game is I'm going back to Fresno State. I like the way that they took care of business this past weekend against San Diego State. Uh, Boise State is coming to town. They're only a five-point favorite. So, I like them to cover the five here against Boise State. I mean – their one loss against Oregon, which, as we see, is number four in the playoff. And then a little hiccup against Hawaii. But I think this is a really solid team right here. So I like them to cover the five against Boise State. Good luck. 
Mountain West this year has been pretty good to us. So uh, keep going back. Keep going yeah, back for yeah. winners. I am. And they're not on the Smurf turf, so uh, definitely yeah, like yeah. that play. So their eyes will be okay. <laughs> All right. No, good luck. Fresno State minus five is Brett's play. Let me give the smoking hot pick of the week. Those boys are uh, they're back in the SEC. Where's this game at? Okay, so we're going to Kroger Field in the Bluegrass State. Tennessee versus Kentucky rivalry game. Uh, 9-1-0 Coastal Barbecue. They're on the Vols this week, so when you wake up, queue up Conway, let the Hound Dogs release them, let them get going with the banjo starts kicking, and um, let's go Rocky Top. This Tennessee-Kentucky game, in my eyes, it opened up as Kentucky being a three-point favorite. Uh, most places it's a pick them. They got it at Tennessee one-point dog. Yeah, uh, Vegas might have messed up on this line. Uh, 58% on Kentucky. I think this is a very good fade to public play. Tennessee's, Tennessee's more than capable of winning this game. Um, yeah, no, I agree. Take the balls. Yeah, th- this is a game I saw. I think I saw that even whenever I was looking at it. This is a game that you just don't know what either team is going to do. I mean, you really don't. Kentucky can come out and play well. They can not play well, which we saw against Mississippi State. And then Tennessee, I mean, they go as Hendon Hooker goes. I mean, that's really – they have to follow his lead. So, I think that's probably one of the better games in the SEC besides uh, Auburn and Texas A&M. But I, I don't hate to play. I think you can go either way on that. Yeah, I'm glad uh, Hendon Hooker, it was the uh, the Ole Miss game. I thought he tore his ACL. I'm glad he's okay because that didn't yeah. look good. But with Hendon at the helm, you know, my old, uh, old faithful for me, uh, I'd love to see him do well. So Yeah, I'm sure, I'm sure um, Tennessee fans are pretty happy because you know what you have with Milton. <laughs> yeah, it's like we said, he, Milton has to transfer out. Oh, he, I don't know who's going to take him. The dude has a cannon of an arm, but he is not accurate. Yeah, he can't hit shit. I mean, we saw we know what Trevor was saying about him earlier. I mean, we yeah, he's just and then that last play of the game against Ole Miss. <laughs> that That's why he has to transfer, dude. He has to. He just ran out of bounds. <laughs> like this is most likely Hendon's last year unless he takes this extra COVID year at Tennessee, but yeah. no one's not getting on the field. No. Like you don't really fix accuracy overnight. It's kind of one of those things you're born with, I feel like. Yeah. No, yeah, he's he's done. He needs to, he'll probably end up transferring to maybe a G five team, group five team. Do you know where he's from? No. Let's see if we can find this I out. Mean, he was he was pretty because he he started off at um yeah. So Joe Milton, he's from Orlando, Florida. So he might be down there with like Butch Davis at like. FAU or Willie Taggart at FIU. He'll be down there next year. I mean, could you imagine when from like a top I – mean, there was a four-star quarterback out of high school committing to Michigan, going to Tennessee, and then you're ending up at a group of five team. I mean, yikes. I mean, Gus might take him at uh, UCF. Yeah, he might because they're not playing well right now. Yeah, no. As I really thought Gus was a good hire there, and give or take. we got to give him more than one year, but – it's not looking that his, his quarterback got hurt too or whatever, right? Yeah, and I mean that may be why he take him, but 
We've seen Tennessee and high ranked quarterbacks before. Uh, Garantano. Yikes. I've they know how to ruin somebody. 13 years. If, if there's something, two things Tennessee's good for is ruining a quarterback and not playing your stars and watching them do great in the NFL. Alvin Kamara. Oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. We saw how that turned out. Yeah. Uh, thank you, uh, Butch. Big East <laughs> Butch. <laughs> Oh man, they're right. So uh we're coming down the stretch here. I have one more play. Pretty obvious. It's an ACC game. Pitt's going to Durham. They're laying 21. Take Pitt. Poor Duke. I mean, is Cliff is gone after this year, right? Like they'll probably just part ways. Yeah, they have to. They'll, they'll they have to part ways in Okay, let's just say outside of Georgia Tech. So against Wake, UVA, Chapel Hill. That's three out of their last four losses. Duke has scored 14 points in three losses. It's not good. No, and Pitt's going to throw up 40 or 50. Yeah. Like, this is easy. 21's not enough. This needs to be 28 and a half. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I agree. Yeah, it's, like, how is this line tighter than Bama LSU. Maybe because they saw what Pitt did last weekend and it's a little concerning to them, I guess. Yeah, I but it's, all, it's usually Pitt's defense. Well, I mean, I guess not last week because they put up seven points. Or no, no. Pitt? They what was that the 30s, wasn't it? Yeah, the 30s against Miami, yeah. Yeah, no, 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 no. This ain't enough points. Not enough daggum points. Yeah, I don't hate that pick. I was looking at that one, too. I just – I don't know. I mean, I, if I was fully in one way, I'd definitely be leaning with you, but. Well, you're there in spirit with me. Um, I guess it's like looking – so week 10, we're closing it down, you know, in about a month or almost two months. Like baseball season's over, hockey season's in, NBA just kicked up. Like what are you most looking forward to? For the rest of the year. I'm a big college basketball guy. So college basketball starts next week. Um, so and then most of November is big. The end of November, there's a few tournaments that go on. Like I don't think I don't know if they're playing like they usually do the Atlantis, Battle Lance. I don't know if they're playing the Bahamas again this year or not. Because I know they didn't last year because of COVID. Mm-hmm. But I'm a huge basketball fan as well. College basketball, I love it. It's it's one of my favorites. I love March Madness time as well. So usually the when college basketball and college football kind of go hand in hand and they're both going at the same time, it's one of my favorite times of the year. So I will definitely be getting into the little college basketball here in the next couple of weeks as it starts kind of going off here soon. Yeah, I think um, in that Champions Classic, I don't – there's usually four teams. I know Duke is playing Kentucky. Yeah. Uh, I don't know who the other teams are. It's probably like – Michigan State and somebody else, or yeah, it's, it's usually all the blue bloods that are in there. I mean, I think it's going to be interesting, especially there's no Roy Williams on the sidelines this year. This is Coach K's last year at Duke before he gives it up. So I'm very interested to see just kind of the whole dynamic. I mean, it's going to be it's going to be interesting season, I think for sure. Especially, especially, I hope I hope there will be kind of like it was for college football this year, and there will be fans and a good bit of fans there this year. I don't know how they're going to do it since it's indoor. 
opposed to college football being outdoor, but I'm definitely excited for it. So yeah, that's what I'll be doing. I'll be, of course, I'll be following college football, but I will be watching a lot of college basketball as well. Yeah, and college basketball is going to be pretty good for the big teams. I know, uh, like Gonzaga, they play UCLA and Duke. Yeah, back to back games. So they're coming to Tobacco Road. You know, Case, Case, uh, farewell, and Cameron. Like, this just going to be good. It is going to be good. I mean, you got a UCLA team that lost a heartbreaker to Gonzaga last year. They bring mm-hmm. back pretty much everybody. Juzang, sharpshooter. Yeah. I mean, they, they're going to be fun to watch. And we haven't talked about UCLA like that in a while. And so, yeah, I'm, I'm excited. It's going to be a good year. I'm really excited. Yeah, for sure. I know in three weeks or, like, I guess it'll be almost four, the Black Friday after Thanksgiving. So every year a lot of the guys in the fraternity uh, that we graduated with and even, like, friends in Raleigh now it's kind of expanded. We always did a big tailgate for the UNC State yeah. game. Um, so we created, like, the or my buddy Brad created the Facebook event earlier this week and just started inviting people. And it's always a big conglomerate. Everyone comes comes and hangs out. Is I know it was a flex game earlier this season, 3.30 or 7, because they thought that the world needed to uh, see Sam Howell. But we know how that went. <laughs> so no noon kick. Uh, should be pretty fun. You know, wake up after Thanksgiving, wake up, eat some leftovers, come on out to the tailgate, drink some beers. and You, you just... think they'll go, go 3.30 or 7 on that game? <sighs> Probably 3.30. Yeah, I, could, I would say 3.30 and – it's probably for the better because it's probably it's starting to get a little chilly out there too. So, yeah, and it's crazy how we we never miss it. Uh, well, last year of course it didn't happen because of COVID, but the year before that, it was at Chapel Hill, I believe, in like pouring down rain, cold. Like I was wearing my, my duck waders because <laughs> they always played in Thanksgiving weekend, right? Yeah, it's always Thanksgiving week. Yeah, I mean, oof, yeah. Hopefully the, hopefully the weather stays well, but I, as you know, it's getting a little chilly out there in North Carolina. The, the mornings are pretty cold. Yeah, that's for sure. Uh, but, yeah, those are the traditions that we look forward to. All right, so uh, let's go ahead and recap. So, Brett, leader in the clubhouse last week, 3-3 three and three on the week and 28-25 and 25 overall for the season. Brett is on UNC plus 2.5 against Wake Forest. Oklahoma State laying 3.5 against his beloved Mountaineers. Baylor minus 6.5, Florida State plus two and a half, and then Fresno State laying five against the Broncos from Boise State. Another win last week, Nawano Coastal Barbecue. The piping hot pick of the week is Tennessee plus one. Find, find a good spot to get it at. You may have to buy it now because it's usually showing at a pick them now or deadlock even. So if you can get value with the Vols, go ahead and get it. They may get it done on the field. So that is the pick for Nawano Coastal Barbecue. And then my card, two and five last week, 37 and 31 on the season. I am on Service Academy under, Air Force Army under 37, Auburn plus four and a half going into College Station, Michigan State laying three going into Purdue, Baylor minus six and a half, agreeing with Brett. Opposite side of Brett, I'm on Lake Forest plus three as the best number I can get it at, going in as an underdog in Chapel Hill. Pitt. Minus 21 against the Duke Blue Devils, and then all reliable Bama first half. It's going to, I don't, there's not great games this weekend, but just like every week, we've kind of said that other weeks, and you know, there's always that one kind of 
big upset. So I wouldn't be surprised if it happens again this weekend. And I think it will be UNC against Wake Forest, but that's to be determined. All right. Well, out of all the hype and love that we try to give Wake Forest, like I put them number five in my personal poll. If they lose this week, they are probably out of the top 10. So uh, get it done, Deeks. Uh, as you know, we always have our group text going, recapping stuff all day, keeping up with each other. But uh, other than that, dude, I'll holler at you throughout the week. Uh, definitely this weekend. Yeah, sounds good. Enjoy, man. All right. I'll talk to you. All right. See you later.